Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Peter Gabbett Podcast. I'm your host, Peter Timothy Hankst, and today is August 26th, 2020, which means I'm on day 256 in a row of 365 promised episodes that brings you unedited, unscripted, improv, news, movies, music, sports, food, entertainment, and all things except politics. Well, folks, the Los Angeles Clippers made history last night as they defeated the Dallas Mavericks 154 to 111. (laughs) Oh my gosh, a 43-point win, and they actually scored the most points they've ever scored in a playoff game in the history of the Los Angeles Clippers. Super proud of these guys. They were amazing. Paul George finally came out of his horrendous slump, which I will admit he took full responsibility for. He went on to explain that he understood how terrible he was playing. He even said, had he not played so horribly, that they actually would have won two of the games that they lost during this series. Now, the series isn't over. They're up 3-2 on Dallas, and it is far from over, considering the fact that the Dallas Mavericks have possibly one of the best white basketball players of all time, Luka Doncic. Now, I, I say white basketball player because to be in the NBA and to be a white guy, typically speaking, you got to be seven feet tall and a foreigner. He is one of those things, a foreigner but he's not that tall. And in the end, if I'm if I'm trying to get my son into sports and he's, you know, a little over 6 feet tall, I'm going to tell the kid, you're probably not going to make it in the NBA. I mean, that sounds rude, that sounds harsh, but there's no point in chasing a dream when physically speaking, you just won't be able to play as well as all the black players. They're faster, They jump higher. They're more intense. Hell, they're more fun to watch. I'll admit it. If I'm a coach, if I'm a manager, if I'm trying to get good players, I'm not looking at the whiteies. I'm sorry. And in the end, Doncic is proving me wrong because this kid has some absolute skill. But it just wasn't enough yesterday with the 43-point loss to the LA Clippers. I'm super proud of those guys. They are amazing. Formerly the San Diego Clippers in the 80s. I am a big fan, and I cannot wait to see if they can do this to the Lakers if they eventually play them, because as we know, the Blazers are not going to win the series, and the Lakers are probably going to take it tonight, but I still have a shred of confidence that the Blazers might win one final game here before they let the series go, and I even put a monetary bet on the Portland Trailblazers this evening to win by 15. Go Blazers. I'm just going to put this out there in the world. I cannot use a different soap other than Dove or Oil of Olay or Olay soap. I don't even know what the company's name is. It's Olay or Dove. Or nothing. Because every other soap puts like a plastic coating over my skin. 
It's just terrible. If you, have you ever used ivory soap? You feel like your whole body has been saran wrapped. Like you're just coated in a layer of actual plastic. Your skin, it's just terrible. Or have you ever used Irish Spring? Sure, it smells okay, but the feeling on your skin is the worst. I've reached a point now where I will gladly spend an extra few bucks to avoid feeling like I've been coated in plastic. Or like my whole body has a thin layer of silicone covering my my skin. I just, I can't do it. You know, if you're like me and you agree, then Tweedledum and Tweedledee. Then I don't know. I'm just saying thank you for, for understanding my, you know, my soap-related dilemma. I'm telling you, I go to a hotel and they give you the free soap every time. And I'm just thinking, you know, why am I going to bring soap? Because they give you free soap at the hotel, so... I'm not going to bring soap with me, but I need to start doing that because the little free soap that they give you, hell, that's even worse than Irish Spring. It's like rubbing just plastic coating all over your body. I mean, washing your face with hotel soap is the worst unless you're at like a little bit of a nicer hotel and they happen to have Neutrogena, which I don't need because I don't suffer from severe acne. Or any acne of any kind. So I'll say it again. It's Dove or Nothing. Now my son Ethan, he's three. He's been trained to use the potty for quite some time. Maybe six months. Maybe even a year. He's, he's, he's used it for a long time. Which means I've used an absolutely insane amount of toilet paper... You would not even want to know because of the TP shortage of the beginning of the pandemic. The great TP shortage of 2020. I'm telling you, this kid will use half a roll to wipe his wee from the pee. I'm just, I don't understand it. Like, I'll go in there and I'm like, I just put a brand new roll on. Where is it? Oh, uh, I had to poop. You had to poop? So you used an entire roll of toilet paper to wipe your butt and you still didn't get it all and I still have to help you and I'm still disgusted I mean I just don't understand how that's possible what were you doing with all the TP now if you don't have kids you want to understand or you somehow remember when you were a kid and did some weird stuff like that too but there's been times where I've walked in after he's used the restroom and it looks like somebody was trying to TP my bathroom on purpose to get revenge on me. I mean, it'll just be everywhere. It's destroyed. The The roll's on the floor. There's toilet paper in the garbage. There's toilet paper clogging the toilet. There's toilet paper stuck to him. I mean, I, I don't see how it's possible. It's like an actual tornado just whizzes around while he's whizzing in a toilet. Whatever. In the end, I should be happy that he is potty trained because I've seen some kids lately, three, even four years old, who wear diapers. Now, my cousin, she has a, a young boy. He doesn't know how to use the bathroom yet. He still wears diapers. Uh, but when you're three and you're wearing diapers, you have big shits. You know, it's not like a little baby poo. Little baby poo, no problem. Wipe it. It's good to go. They have big shits. 
And if they're still wearing diapers, and, you know, I have a pool at my house, so of course they want to swim. My worry is that they're going to drop a massive deuce in their in their diaper, and then while they're in the pool. You know, because I, I just, I feel like you have to know you don't shit in the pool, but kids don't know. Now, my son, he doesn't wear a diaper at all. He's potty trained. So he does know that he can't shit in the pool or piss in the pool. He's just very good at that. He's smart. He'll tell me right away, hey, I got to go piss. Then I got to dry him. Then I got to bring him in. Then I got to put him back in his wet swimsuit, which is hard to do. Then I got to get him back to the pool. It, it sucks, but it's much better than swimming in human fecal matter, which I'm not going to do. If I find out somebody pee or poo in my pool, I'm not going in there ever again. I've already had one circumstance where my son started swallowing the water from the pool because he was trying to learn how to hold his breath. He wasn't doing it purposely. He just kept doing it until he vomited. Earlier that day, he had eaten a sandwich. There was lettuce floating in my pool. Now, luckily, I found this out right away, and I got it out of there. But I had to wait, like, at least a week for my pool guy to come by, add more chemicals, to vacuum the whole pool out, do all these things before I even felt like I could go back in. Because I am not trying to swim in puke. That's that's messed up. You know, if somebody vomits full-on, like an adult vomit, into my pool, I'm never swimming in it again. That's not going to happen. So, you know, don't come over if you got the spins and you're that drunk or you just got food poisoning, anything like that. You're not going in my pool if you're going to vomit or poo. Now, the folks between Houston, Texas, and Louisiana are bracing themselves for yet another hurricane. Now, I've spoke about this one before. Originally, it was a tropical storm, but now it has turned in to a Category 4 hurricane known as Hurricane Laura. Now, Laura is seeking to destroy many homes and bring floodwaters up to 20 feet in certain areas. Like 20 feet from the shore, I should say, be flooded. Not 20 feet high of water. That would be insane. But I must say, I once again... To the folks who live in these areas that are always in the direct path of these hurricanes and tropical storms, you are the most hardened Americans I know. Like, you are badasses. I am such a pussy compared to you. When it rains, I complain. And here you have some people that waited out years and years. Some of them live their whole lives in this area and fend off hurricanes, well, maybe not fend off, it's not like you're waving a stick at it, but they deal with this, and they just ride it out, or they pack up and leave for a while and come back, and I just cannot imagine that. My heart goes out to you. I certainly hope that all is well for the folks of that area, and I gotta say, I'm sure they're gonna be looking to the Houston Rockets to continue through the playoffs and give them hope that at least wherever they end up while waiting out the storm, they can watch their favorite basketball team play in the playoffs. With James Harden's beard being so big now, he may as well just soak up all the water from this hurricane with his beard and it'll save lives. You know, stop playing basketball in Orlando. 
get back to to Houston and just dip your beard into the ocean in the path of this hurricane and it'll stop. Because, I mean, geez, man, shave that thing off. You're like a ZZ Top NBA player. It's crazy. But once again, uh, you know, our thoughts and prayers go out to the folks of Houston, Texas. I certainly hope you guys don't get destroyed like you did with Hurricane, was it Ivan or something three years ago that just really messed up the downtown area. It just It seriously did. It drove a lot of people out of there permanently. A lot of people just moved away. I don't want to see that happen. I certainly hope that it's not as bad as they predict, but it looks to be super devastating. The Milwaukee Bucks look to close out the series tonight against the Orlando Magic. They're up 3-1. And the Oklahoma City Thunder is actually tied two games to two with the Houston Rockets. So that series won't end tonight no matter what. But the big game tonight is obvious. It's the Portland Trailblazers against the LA Lakers. Now, there is absolutely no chance that the Blazers will win this without Damian Lillard, who is a no-show now because of his hamstring. So he's got an injured finger, dislocated, a hurt hamstring, and probably a really bad set of hurt feelings, knowing that his team is going to go in there and lose by like 50 tonight to the Lakers. Now, my only hope is that LeBron James rolls his ankle and ends his career or tears his ACL or something just devastating happens to him physically. I know that sounds sick and twisted and I'm a messed up person for even saying it, but I hate that guy. He is a mother... I got to talk about the weird feeling of having a child now in school. My daughter, she's in kindergarten, but of course she's not in kindergarten. She's nowhere. She's just sitting at my house because there is no school... Because the COVID-19 has ruined everything. This fake, not real disease that is killing nobody, that not a single person I've ever even met has had this officially. I have unofficially had it, I think, and got over it easily, just like everyone else I know who thinks they may have had it and just got sick and then got better and they think it's stupid that this is even a pandemic. (sighs) But... Because of this, my daughter and my wife today had to go pick up the iPad tablet that the school issued her for her new classes that will begin on Monday in a Zoom meeting format that I'm sure if anyone out there's a parent knows about this stupid feeling of now having their kid be in Zoom school. They could call it Zool or Scoom. I don't know what they're calling it because it's a waste of time and it's stupid. Three hours a day on a little tablet and you just prove that you're actually giving a crap. And why even do this? Why why aren't we just homeschooling our kids until school is back in? And I just, I'm not understanding. Not to mention, there's still a lot of these, you know, box tops for education things from cereal boxes and charitable donations to public schools and things like that that are happening, which make no sense to me because there is no school now. So who's getting this money? Why are we donating? Why don't we just 
donate to ourselves. Yeah, that's right. Give ourselves an extra pat on the back. You know, maybe a couple New York strip steaks to cook for the evening and a bottle of wine. Because now we are the teachers. Now, I understand a long time ago, that's how it was. You taught your son or daughter the ways of life, history, mathematics, art, music, all these things yourself. That's just what you did. And now we've reverted back to that. And yet we're still calling it school when the kids sit on a tablet and Zoom with a teacher. This is a joke. They're all going to be like so many steps behind what we were because we spent an entire day, every day, at school learning different subjects. And then there was no tablets. There was nothing. There was just learn from your teacher, listen and shut up and get a good grade or don't and still get a good grade like me, you know, but get in trouble because my behavior sucked. I'm, I'm not going to lie. I was probably the most difficult student to deal with on the planet. I could not imagine being a teacher of someone like me. I was just outrageous. I would do anything to get a laugh out of the rest of the class at the expense of my teacher, no matter what. I'm terrible. So thinking of now being the teacher for my own kid, like I have no idea what I'm supposed to be doing here. I'll teach them what I think is right and wrong, and that's all they're getting. So expect to have a hellion by the time she arrives to a real school format, because who was her real teacher until that point? Peter Timothy Hankst. It's going down, people. It's hard to believe it's already that part of the podcast, but it is time for Real Stories, brought to you by Peter Timothy Hankst, loose translation, penis horse, rock penis horse, if you want to be specific about it, because I'm telling you, Peter can either be a rock of strength from the Bible or a penis, and Hankst means male horse in German. So my name, therefore, is rock penis horse, in case you didn't know. Also brought to you by Barbecusion, that's B-B-Q-U-S-I-O-N. And speaking of school, folks, I'm going to tell you about a time I got, that's right, suspended from school. Now, for the most part, I think I have more expulsions than I have suspensions. Because before I even got a chance to be suspended, I would usually get expelled. But in fourth grade, they gave me so many opportunities Every single year I came back to Butternut Creek Elementary School and they just, it was like they wiped my slate clean, which was stupid because I just thought that now I was allowed to break the rules like a hundred more times before I would get kicked out of school. Never got kicked out of Butternut Creek Elementary officially, weird enough. I did get told I was not allowed to attend the sixth grade graduation. Who cares? It's a waste of time. You don't even have to go to school until you're in high school for anything to actually count at all. I found out later in life I could have skipped the whole time. Oh, well. But in fourth grade, we had Valentine's Day. Everyone has school Valentine's memories. You, you know, you have to give one to every classmate no matter what. There's, there's no avoiding it. You have to give every classmate a Valentine's or you'll get in trouble if you only give ones to the girls you have crushes on or to your friends so you can give them candy, whatever. 
Now, I did not come from a family that gave a crap about Valentine's Day, and I'm glad about that. I don't give a crap about it either. But I did get like one of those $2, maybe $1 cardboard boxes that had all the individually cut up already like Ninja Turtle Valentines or something that has to do with a boy that wasn't as embarrassing. And each one of them would say something, you know, it was like the the one Lisa got in The Simpsons from Ralph. I choo-choo choose you. And it's a picture of a train, something like that, right? Just something stupid on there. I got one of those boxes. It had like 25 of them. My class probably had 24 kids, so it was just enough. And I fill out these you know, for my friends, I'm like, hey man, you're totally cool, I'll never forget how awesome you are when you did this, or to the girls actually liked, hey cutie, it's me, your someday boyfriend, Pete, you know, whatever, but then I came upon the ones that I had to write out for the people in my class that I didn't like, now I did pick on some people, they probably didn't deserve it, but there was also some people in there that just didn't like me either, and so I'm thinking, why am I going to write them a nice card if I don't like them and they don't like me? So I'm sitting around my house, and I remember my older brothers were near me, one of them, probably James, and I was asking them about bad words and things like that, and they were telling me some you know messed up things I could say if I wanted to be bad. But I think they did reiterate it one time, uh, a couple times actually, several times, that I shouldn't do that on Valentine's Day cards, but it would be funny. And I took that as, you should totally do this. So, on the Valentine's Day cards I had for the people I didn't like, I wrote some really twisted and messed up stuff. I'm talking, uh, be my Valentine, you fat pile of crap. You're a disgusting freak. I hate you. And things like that that were just messed up. Or if it was somebody who was skinny, I'm like, it was like, you know, on the front, be my Valentine. And on the back, I wrote, also, here's some extra candy, you anorexic, bulimic freak. Stop puking because your daddy beats you. Or, you know, I, it was just like the most messed up things you could possibly think of as a child. I don't even know how I had these thoughts in my mind in fourth grade, how twisted and sadistic I was. Thinking back on it now, it's embarrassing. But I'm sharing it with you because I have no sense of humility anymore. I just, it's all out there. You know, I have no pride left. I'm going to tell you. So I did this to like 20 people. No, maybe not 20, but probably 10 of them. 10 of the 25 classmates I had, I did this to their Valentine's Day cards. And I get to class. I pass them all out. We're all sitting there in class opening the cards. And I notice the person I pick on the most walk very solemnly up to the teacher, you know, kind of look in my direction a little bit, but afraid. And then whispering something to the teacher, handing her the Valentine's Day card that I had given him and pointing towards me or whatever. And the teacher stands up and says, class, it's come to my attention that some of the Valentine's Day cards that were passed out are highly inappropriate. And if you received something from Peter that is offensive to you, please stand up now and come to the front of the class. And to my absolute surprise, even my own friends, who I had wrote written jokes on their Valentine's Day cards, like, hey, you big fat piece of shit, you know I love you, 
Uh, we're best friends for life. You stink like a wet foot. You know, I would just say things that were... It was a joke. It was obviously not even intended to hurt their feelings. But even my friends, some of them stood up and gave their Valentines that I'd given them to the teacher, which added to like a running total of maybe 20 out of the 25 kids who gave their Valentines that I'd written to them, to the teacher, with all these bad words on them and all this messed up stuff. She individually read each one. I saw her just sitting there, my teacher, just going through each one, like shock, 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 shock. The shock value was, you know, it was almost worth it to me because just to see the look on her face as she read these things. <laughs> you know, and I had pretty good handwriting, so there was no question of what I had written on these on these Valentine's cards. So she was just mind blown that I was such a messed up and twisted kid. And she sent me to the principal's office right away where they then called in my parents and had the counselor there and spoke about why I was so messed up and how I must have a bad home life. And no, it was just that I was a messed up kid and I thought of sick things and I wanted to write them down because I thought it was funny because I had a very weird and twisted sense of humor. So, of course, they suspended me for a week. I'll never forget. And I came back to school and I had to write an individual apology for each person who I offended with these Valentine's Day cards. And it had to sound genuine. And I had to, I think I even had to read it out loud, like a, a formal apology to the whole class. I had to read out loud and be like, class, I'm very sorry I disrupted your Valentine's Day. And I, to those who I offended, I'm, I'm very apologetic and it's really because I love you. All this stupid crap where my real friends, the five out of the 25 students in the class, were chuckling and laughing and thought it was great and just had a blast with it. And it was the first and probably only, no, not the only time I got suspended, but the first time I got suspended in my life. And it was elementary school, fourth grade. Because of a dirty Valentine's Day joke. Thank you very much for listening to the Peter Gabbard podcast today, folks. It means the world to have listeners just like you. I appreciate each and every one of you. And I hope you have a fantastic afternoon. And I will talk to you tomorrow. Now, we all know this COVID-19 has actually changed the world. I mean, it's everything's different everywhere. And it's not exactly a good thing. But if you raise your kids right and the next generation does better than us, then even we can change the world too. And there is a 90s hip-hop group that I absolutely adored growing up. And now I realize it's kind of embarrassing, but it's fine. Known as Bone Thugs in Harmony. And they got a song called Change the World that if you haven't ever heard it, but you're a fan of Bone Thugs... You will appreciate this. But if you do know who Bone Thugs and Harmony are and you are a fan of them and you have heard this, then you're going to thank me anyways because it's probably been a while. So here it is Change the World by Bone Thugs and Harmony. Raising hustlers, thieves, and prostitutes Young homie, think before you shoot Murderers Where will our children go When there's no place safe where they can go 
make any stride Murder all around the whole world is nauseating Everybody's hating, everybody overrated Why everybody acting agitated? I thought we graduated back in the saddle way Aboard the battle stage Patient is a perfect effect And you know ain't nobody perfect And when it occurred times Oh, open up the door No, no, no See, we're losing this world we love And it looks like the sin it won't end So I'm reaching She most designed. I can remember from way back in the day. Coming up out together was a hell of a struggle. For selling the BJ, yo. But it was my dream to keep flows to put my people on another level. Now could it be for the lust? Or could it be for the rush? My niggas love when they bust. They get even you duck. They put your dick in the dust. My niggas sweeping on the come up. Come up, nigga, killer. Fuck us, wreckage, nigga. Nigga, nigga, nigga. Finna descend into a dawn of a new millennium. Anticipating life without Satan. Hating and all enemies to hell. I'm saying the Motherfucker, up, you kill him, he'll kill you Some say it's stupid, but violence really lives where I come from 